0: Welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast for the 24-7 Sports Network and ScarletNation.com. I'm Bobby Darren, uh, bringing you another edition of post-wrap-up of uh, Rutgers uh, post-game, post uh, the day after um, trying to sort out a 14-13 loss to Nebraska. Uh, kind of dis- disappointing for fans. Um, Rutgers just didn't get it done. So uh, to sort things out, I have the one and only Brian Doan coming to us uh, remotely on on your way to Cleveland. Right, Brian?
1: Yeah, going to go take in the Browns game on Sunday with uh, my younger one. Big Browns fan. We actually don't have travel sports on this weekend. So, you know, I
0: got some time to kill. All right. well we appreciate the the remote accessibility uh, you're you're en route and um, and you know we got a lot to sort out through this game last night and you know we both sat through it um, not overly surprised because we've been so used to these offensive woes you know Brian I picked Nebraska to win and, and it was based solely on watching their offense and Rutgers offense and I just thought Rutgers you know, wasn't going to get it done offensively enough to win the game. And unfortunately I was right. Um, What's your initial impressions of, of you know, how this one went down and, and your kind of initial takeaway?
1: Oh uh, boy. After my eyes stopped bleeding from watching both offenses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it, it is, uh, there's some things to be concerned about. There's some things that Rutgers needs this bye week to figure out on offense um you know i'm sure i have not been on the board because of travel and everything i'm i'm sure people want everyone fired from the head coach down to like the dude who checks your parking ticket going in Um, (laughs) you know it's it's listen it's two things two things stand out to me and don't lose sight of the fact That it was an ugly, ugly game to watch. Okay, that's first off. The other thing that stands out to me is Evan Simon's in year three, and you want to see the development that you're not seeing right now. Mm -hmm. But you know, in look, you know, and oh, fire Sean Gleason, do this, fire the OC. I mean. I, I, I understand the frustration because it was ugly to watch, but to sit there and say it's all on a coach or it's all on a player. I think there's enough blame to go around. And, and so I look, and Bobby, I spoke to you before about this. So the three interceptions that Evan Simon threw the mm-hmm. first one was just a brutal pre-snap read to where he, he predetermined where he was going. It was a, it was, You know, they had run similar stuff and had success. Nebraska's waiting for it, and they got three defenders around it, and the ball never should have been thrown. The second one, because I'm traveling, I didn't get a chance to watch the game back, but the receiver is turning toward the sideline, and the ball's thrown inside. And I'm wondering if Evan Simon thought the receiver was going one way and the receiver thought he should go the other way. And then the last interception – I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a desperation throw, and it, it looks terrible, and it's, a, it's an awful pass. I mean, there's no way around <laughs> that. But, you know, you have nobody running long to occupy those safeties back there, and then, you know, and you have two Rutgers receivers maybe 20 yards down the field. So I, I don't know there. Plus, you're getting hit every play. I mean, Noah Vedwell went back to pass on some of them on a seven step drop and was hit by his fifth step. And then, okay, so then you say, okay, well, you should have run the ball more, you should have done this, you should have done that. Well, you know, listen, Rutgers' tight ends stink, okay? And not having Victor Kanopka there hurts them. And you, you look at a play in the first quarter when Rutgers is up either 7 nothing or 10 nothing, whatever it was. They're in plus territory. I believe it was Al-Shidi Salam has a, a, a run where he's going to get to the edge, and if Johnny Langen makes a block, he's going to go 20, 25 yards, and maybe further. And instead, Johnny Langan overruns the linebacker, doesn't even come close to touching him, and the dude drops Salam for like no gain or a gain of a yard or whatever. And then you know you go back and you look. I think it's the fourth quarter, where Tim Brown on, on a first and ten, you know, right near midfield, picks up three yards, right. So you're, you're fine, second and seven, you can maybe make some movement. And the next play, I believe it's the right guard, number 53, just gets blown by by the defensive lineman where he doesn't even touch the dude. And Mike. the guy gets in the backfield, turns around, grabs his jersey, you get a hold, and now you're in, instead of second and seven or maybe, you know, third and five or four, you're in second and 17, and you're just playing from behind the change. You have the run to the outside where they called the hole to a llama with Sam Brown earlier in the game. It, it, they're just not good enough. They, they need better players still or players that continue to end players that continue to develop. And then I spoke with some co- college coaches after the game, you know, who watched it on TV. And then on Saturday morning, I, I spoke to a few others who had watched the game and listen, they, they all agree. It, it wasn't good. They, they, they just have no rhythm on offense. But they point out that, hey, you have four new offensive linemen. It still takes time for them to mesh together, which, you know, you still like them to mesh better than they have been. Mm-hmm. And then you have a quarterback who is making some, you know, tough decisions. He's getting hit almost every play. Um, you can't protect long enough to throw the deep ball for the most part. So the safeties are able to play up not a lot of underneath stuff, your tight end passing game. I mean, heck, Evan Simon threw a beautiful ball coming out of his own end zone uh, in the fourth quarter that I I think it stuck into Langen just because it was thrown so well because he didn't even turn his head to the last second Mm -hmm. and the ball was already in him. But, you know, then they say Evan Simon looks like he's playing without confidence and questioning everything. And then they say, listen, this is what happens when you're trying to develop a quarterback. And you know they, they said it, you can't write them off. But they, they got they need to take the bye week just to figure something out, and just to kind of take some of the pressure off the defense, which to be honest has played well. I mean the defense has done a good job.
0: Yeah and. You know, the last two weeks, that defensive performance probably should have been good enough for a win. You know, if you had a just an average offense, I mean, it's if you just are able to score a few here and there, make a big play once in a while, and it just seems like that just hasn't happened, Brian.
1: No, I mean, and and they continue to shoot themselves in the foot with so many things that. You know, let's put it this way: if you do not pick up positive yardage on first down, and it can Mm -hmm. even be two yards, then you have a real hard time if you're Rutgers moving the chains. Mm -hmm. And if you get into a second and more than ten, well, now you're in a lot of trouble. Right. And you know, like I said, the confidence isn't there, and yeah, use Sam Brownmore. Use Sam Brownmore. What, what do you think if you line up and keep running the same play and keep running them in different spots? Nebraska is not going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you 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 have to continue. I, I don't. Again, I don't really have many issues with the game plan. You come out so so you dominate the first half. You're only ahead 13 nothing. Um, you block a punt and get it to the nine yard line, and then you can't get it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, then you come out for the second half you say okay who are we as an offense we have to be a team that dominates the line of scrimmage and they decide okay we're gonna you know wildcat it or whatever and they can't get any push there and so it is (laughs) I I know people don't want to hear about it. it it's a long rebuild and yeah Kansas oh look what they're doing at Kansas look at this look at that well you know Kansas came in and had a the quarterback there is playing well good college quarterback can do a lot of things. he makes a lot of he, he erases a lot of mistakes and we're five six games into the season. I, I you know I, I don't think it's yet time to anoint a coach in another program as the next greatest thing. And you you are gonna go through growing pains in a program, and it and I get it if you're Rutgers and you're a Rutgers fan, it probably sucked sitting there last night watching that game, and it was and I, awful.
0: I think and the then, part you know the part but, that really gets some Brian is that first drive. They just looked dominant on it. It looked like they were just gonna have their way with Nebraska, and, and yeah. oh, it's gonna be a thirty-eight to seven win or whatever, and and then all of a sudden. You know, that kind of goes into hiding. Like they said, then you can't get in from the nine yards. So the, the, I think the teaser is what really hurts the most because people look and say what could have been, you know, maybe what should have been. But, you know, I think you hit on the head. I think the quarterback people – the quarterback always called him a great equalizer. And if you don't have that, there's just so much lacking, so much you have to make up for if you don't have that guy.
1: Right. Well, and, and – okay, Bobby. So I'm, I'm glad you bring up the first drive, Right. So mm-hmm. we, we, we moved the ball so well. Why couldn't we? Well, here's why you didn't move the ball. And to me, it was an awful game plan by Nebraska to come out because you came out, you decided to stack the middle a little bit, leave your corners one-on-one on the outside without safety help. And so, yeah, they made a couple of really good passes on, on single coverage where the guy caught the ball and made a play on it because in one-on-one situation, they gave him a chance to make the ball. So what did Nebraska do? They dropped their safeties further to where they now had coverage over to the side, and then it became, can you run the ball to suck those safeties up? And mm-hmm. you didn't do it enough. And even right. when Sam Brown had a couple of just magnificent runs, they were to the outside where he's stiff-arming guys, and, and Nebraska's missing tackles rather mm-hmm. than you know, just overpowering the line of scrimmage and, and gaining yards between the tackles so there's that aspect of it and yeah I mean listen if you want to fault Sean Gleason for anything to me and to me he is right for the criticism of it is the development of the quarterback so that you know and, oh they need a quarterback coach They need a quarterback coach and folks take a look at colleges across the country OC is usually the quarterback's coach, and
0: mm-hmm. then you also
1: have somebody on staff who also helps out with it. So it's not that they don't have a devoted quarterback coach.
0: I think you the last had- time, the last time they had one, it was Rob Spence, I believe, at it, it, uh, it Rutgers. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know who 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 won the who's the last quarterback to win a Heisman, and and who's who was the quarterback's coach? I mean, it's not how it is. I mean. Yeah, great, you have a quarterback's coach, but it's not the cure-all because you've got to be a really good quarterback's coach, and most of the good quarterback coaches are also really good at calling a game because they have to be in tune with their quarterback to understand right. what the quarterback does well. And I'm telling you, you can complain about Sean Gleason about not developing a quarterback, and to me, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah. And- if you go back and you watch the game – you'll see these parts in the game where plays are there to be made and guys just miss blocks. I mean, just mm-hmm. flat-out miss blocks. And and I'll say this too, Bobby. There were more offensive pass interference calls in that game than, <laughs> than I've seen in the last decade in anything, <laughs> probably, right? Of the, of the thousands of
0: games. Uh-huh.
1: But... I- I mean, it went both ways on it. And I'll tell you what. You know, you got Kasana Kasana Abraham, who, what is he, like a 19th-year senior? (laughs) Throwing the the guy out of bounds when he's already four feet out of bounds?
0: Getting a personal
1: foul at the end? I mean, it's a joke. You can't do that. You rely on those guys to be upperclassmen, understand situation, and you Mm -hmm. do that? I mean, it's just, to me... A lot of things went wrong against Nebraska, and I, I think if Rutgers doesn't beat BC to win the game to, to start the season, it's a different vibe. So there's these inflated expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, should Rutgers have won? Yeah, they should have. And Nebraska's sitting there going, "Yeah, we should have won that game too," because both sides were just god awful on offense.
0: Yeah, and they really. You know, and and I'm watching Nebraska last week, I thought they did some things well. I I think it's also a testament to how well the Rutgers defense played last night.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought they played really well. You know, you <laughs> still have some issues at linebacker, especially. You know, you look at the, you just look at how Nebraska moved the ball, and you see the difference in actually having a tight end who's a threat, <laughs> and you know their guy coming across the middle and making those catches. And you know, one thing you watch when you watch Rutgers linebackers is when it comes to passing the passing game, their depth on on drops is not good. They they drop so deep sometimes and let all that stuff underneath when there's really no reason to because Mm -hmm. they're so far back that it's not like they have to be back to protect that, you know, the level of when somebody's going to, you know, quarterback's going to put the ball over them and in front of the safeties. They're so far back, that's not even a consideration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Defensively, that, that's pretty much all. I mean, you know, Malachi Melton has a—you know—he had a up and down game. He made some good plays, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what: Wesley Bailey and Aaron Lewis going after the quarterback. and mm-hmm. The Aaron Lewis hit was silly, and it's what happens when you give a, a bad team a chance with a personal foul coming out in the second half. But mm-hmm. Wesley Bailey and Aaron Lewis were fantastic coming around the end all
0: night. And, you know, you, you saw those guys in recruiting. That's what Greg wanted on the edges, those tall, athletic, um, you know, long guys who are just, uh, you know, explosive off the ball. And, and you're really starting to see those two guys develop in, in, in something special.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and those are guys that can really go get the quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, to me, it's a premium position. They They kept pressure all game. Now, the inside guys, you know, had some moments and then struggled at times. And sometimes those inside guys didn't stay true to their assignment and allowed Mm -hmm. the quarterback just to step up and make throws or, or, you know, get get some runs. But, um, yeah, I think when you look at it defensively, listen, you gave up 14 points, and one of them was a quick turnaround field after an interception. Right. so you gave up 14 points in college football. When you allow 14 points, you expect to win. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, you're at a home game and and you start off with a score. So right there, right, it's <laughs> seven points. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: it- yeah, and then and then you know. Then it was the next 55
0: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just I, I, frustrating for the fan base because you see the enthusiasm. They sell out for the second time. I mean, it wasn't, you know, not every seat was full, but <laughs> it was a sellout uh, by, t- t- you know, the today's terms, I guess. But it's still a great turnout nonetheless, Brian. And you get the atmosphere, you get the fans doing their part. and. And, 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 you know, the offense just comes up short. So what, what, you know, bye week, Greg's teams are usually good off the bye week. Um, do you see this getting turned around anytime soon?
1: Oh, they play Indiana, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a chance for it. I
0: mean, right. With
1: the sellout, one thing you got to remember with the seats with the sellouts is when they do the student tickets, That usually they, I think they give the extra ones for students upstairs, and uh-huh. then they just all pack into the end zone anyway, so that's why you okay. get some uh, you know, tight. Gotcha. That's why you look at some spaces and I'm not saying there were 52,000 people there, but that's, that's one of the things you look at. But I mean, do you turn it around quick? No, I mean, if this isn't easy stuff, mm-hmm. well, what is, is all of a sudden Evan Simon going to be Johnny Unitas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, is Gavin Wimsatt going to be, you know, pick whoever you want running around and doing dual threat things at quarterback? no. No, that's why these things take a while. Mm -hmm. You know, is the offensive line all of a sudden going to be able to to be consistent and block like Mm -hmm. you need to to be a good offense? No. No, it's not. But, you know, the whole – it's just comical to me. Like, I get that fans go there and and they have these lofty expectations of what a day should be. You know, it's the same as, you know – same, I, I'm listening to stuff, and it's like, oh, same old Mets. They finally make the postseason and get blown out by San Diego. Oh, I can't believe they let us down like that, same old Mets, or, you know, whatever. No, I mean, this is what happens in sports. Sometimes when you play, you're not always at your best. And they weren't at their best, and they lost. But now they got some stuff to figure out. And it's it's what I had said earlier in the season, Bobby. And it's asked what I said after the Iowa game, Evan Simon, if he's your quarterback or whoever your quarterback is, you have to make these mistakes. It's yeah, just the yeah. way it is. I mean, everybody romanticizes about some quarterback who's going to be the next thing for a program and how it's going to go swimmingly smooth like your Bryce Young at Alabama or, you know, Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson or, or whatever. The reality is there's so few of those guys out there that it just takes time.
0: Sorry, folks. We had a little technical difficulties out there. Brian, we got you back. Where were you driving?
1: Oh, man, uh, between 78 and 80 up through the Pocono Mountains somewhere, and, <laughs> hey, listen, man, folks, take a nice drive, the leaves are starting to change, it's beautiful, it'll get you out, and you'll realize that, hey, there's, there's more to life than than whether the team performed well on a Friday night in a football game. Go enjoy something beautiful. Um, It'll be the polar opposite of watching those offenses last night. Have a good
0: time. Well, I think you hit it on the head. I'm going to see the foliage. I'm headed up to Canada in a couple weeks, Brian, for the weekend. So, uh, so I, I, I'll see it. Yeah, good
1: for you. But now, listen, I don't know where I cut off, but I'll, I'll just say these things take time, man. And there aren't those ready-made quarterbacks. You know, Bryce Young is, you know, came in and was ready. But for the most part, it takes time to develop and. You know, what you want to see is Evan Simon missed some checkdowns to the running backs last night to Mm -hmm. where probably life could have been a little bit easier for him if he did that. But now you got to watch the film and get better from it. The idea, listen, I've said all along, you're trying to get this team ready for next season. So everybody has experience. So you've gotten better in key areas and that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it was always going to be a struggle for this team to, to make a bowl and, and they can still make one. I mean, I you know, everybody, oh, must win, must win, must win. Listen, the only time there's a must win in sports is when if you lose that game, there is no next one. Mm -hmm. So Rutgers doesn't have a must win until it has six losses. Right. So I I don't get into all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just it's frustrating. It's hard to watch. um, but, But, you know. It's what, it's what
0: happens. You have to yeah. Well Brian, through
1: the growing pains of
0: it. Well, we appreciate the insight. And we appreciate everybody sticking with us. And it, it will get better. And we will continue to, to have coverage 24-7 on uh, scarletnation.com. And you can check in with Brian or myself on our roundtable message board. Brian, um, as always, great stuff. Enjoy the game this weekend.
1: Yeah, no, it should be good. And thanks for having the Browns offense will look a little bit better for my kids' sake.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on the Scarlet Nation podcast.